You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. My name is Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And I'd like to begin by inviting you to just get centered with us if it feels safe. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being in the here and now. Take another deep breath in through your nose and release anything else left that you might be ready to let go of in this here now moment. And I'd like to invite you to take another deep breath in, a nice, beautiful, calming breath. And take a breath to release anything left. And just remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. And welcome to another episode of Be the Love. Today we have Courtney Dillon. Courtney is an expert in metaphysics, vibrational work, and energy healing. Her spiritual awakening began with the birth of her daughter. Faced quickly with the challenge of becoming a single mother, Courtney began studying and relying on the support from the unseen realms. Over the next couple of years, her gifts of clairvoyance, clear audience and clear sentience came flooding back. Not only did her inner landscape transform, her outer world began to reflect deep and profound peace. She has now spent over a thousand hours studying with various yoga teachers, clairvoyance, spiritual practitioners, vibrational teachers, and hands-on healers. Courtney believes that the role of an intuitive is ultimately to help people awaken to their authentic self so they can create their life in alignment with who they truly are and access healing by being honest about our life and letting go of what doesn't serve us. So thank you so much for being here today, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So let's just get started. And I, I'm really interested in your journey. And um, so if you can just start by telling us a little bit more about your reawakening, what, what has that process been like for you? Um, so I, I think one of the things that I'd like to, to say about awakening is that um, I notice in spiritual communities, a lot of people talk about awakening as this like, butterflies and unicorns kind of process. But, um, you know, I noticed for me that it was really through, it was very different than that. It was somewhat like a a rude awakening, I guess you could call it. Um, It was through a lot of challenge and difficulty. And um, for me, I noticed that uh, I was faced with some really, really tough challenges in my life. And as a result of that, I began to look inward. It was like all of a sudden, the things that we can bring, you know, put our attention on in the outside world were kind of not available to me uh, in the same way. So about, um, 
I think about eight or 10 years ago, I'm not, I mean, it's, it's kind of muddled because I can all, it can see signs of it for a long time. Um, I began just a really uh, consistent meditation practice. I decided to learn how to meditate. And that was the thing that really, I can look back and say it has shifted my life the most profoundly because it was through this practice, this daily practice is consistent. You know, I'm not perfect. Like some days I'll, you know, miss or whatever. It's not about that. But um, through this practice, I, I found an aspect of myself or uh, was reacquainted with the aspect of myself that's already there, that was always been there, but that's beyond physical form. And so that's where this awakening process began and it's really just continued to just shift. And so it's been a beautiful journey and uh, not always easy, but really beautiful for sure. That's, thank uh, you. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful that, um, kind of that explanation because um you know i think when when people think of a spiritual awakening it's like you said they think of you know the the trumpets going off or the unicorns and you know the the the, sh the lights shining down on them and they're just they're just ascending when <laughs> pretty much anybody that you have talked to that has been through you know kind of a um a spiritual awakening it it is it's 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 painful you know mm. and and and, it, and it's it's dark most of the time mm -hmm. um and i know you know for me personally being an empath that you know becoming an empath usually requires a traumatic experience mm -hmm. in your mm -hmm. in your life you know so um i really i really appreciate uh you you know, mentioning that, that, yeah, the spiritual awakening, it wasn't, you know, a bed of roses, mm -mm. you know, it was, it was, it was hard and it, and it was painful, but that's what kind of helps with the awakening, mm -hmm. you know, and you did, you did mention too, that uh, meditation has played, you know, a really huge part in, in your spiritual awakening and also your path, uh, your path on from there. Would you be able to to touch a little bit on, say, if somebody, you know, somebody listening right now is going through that kind of painful spiritual awakening, can you kind of touch a little bit on how meditation could help maybe just ease the blow a little bit, you know, yeah. make it a little less painful? Absolutely. I think what happens, well, one thing that I notice, and I'm not going to speak for other people so much, but one thing I notice for myself is... Um, this process is really kind of disorienting in a, in a way because all of the sudden, or maybe it's gradually, or maybe it's all of a sudden, I think it depends on the person, but you don't really know who you are anymore. And a lot of the roles that you've played in your life might, you might be outgrowing, right? And you might be shifting into new uh, ways of being in the world. Um, even new jobs or careers. Um, I pretty much everything has shifted in my entire life. Um, I moved, I mean, really as much as uh, you can imagine things uh, transforming, they really did. And um, one of the things that can be really, uh, you know, it's so disorienting. And so I found that having some practices that help me stay grounded in who I am, right? And I mean who I am, like uh, the beyond the personality, beyond the persona, um, really helped me navigate all of these changes as they were happening. And so I'd say, you know, and even if even the word meditation, I know can be kind of overwhelming and a little like, oh, how do I even do that for some people? I remember at the beginning, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sitting here closing my eyes and <laughs> it's a little strange, but, you know, I would just even say to start so small, it doesn't, you don't have to start with, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or something, just take five minutes in the morning to pay attention to your breath and or pay attention to how you're feeling that day right and just it's almost like um you get into a zone which is like your energetic frequency 
And then it becomes, especially as you were mentioning an empath, it becomes easier to navigate the outside world because we're constantly interfacing with other people's energy, right? And so it's like, we don't have to be pulled into these um, other uh, frequencies that people are experiencing. And I don't mean lower, like worse. I just mean that sometimes, you know, people are going through whatever they're going through, right? We can we can, uh, you know, it's helpful to find our spiritual center in the morning and then it, it begins to shape our life after a while. So just start small. And um, I think I started with like Insight Timer. I mean, there's all these little, you know, meditation apps now that you can use, mm -hmm. but sometimes having a little guide is helpful, I think also. Awesome, so, thank you for that. Yeah, those are yeah. really, really excellent steps. I appreciate that. It sounds like really, yeah, I mean, just meditation, just um, allowing just yourself to be present with what is um, and just being consistent, even though it just might feel like you're just sitting there and there, it might feel like, well, what is this really doing and not really seeing the benefits of that. But I know in my experience too, it's, you know, after a while of meditating, the the benefits become exponential. Mm -hmm. So then they are starting to overflow into the rest of your life, even if you're just sitting there for 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you're pretty soon able to bring that into this place of maybe conflict, um, you know, quote, conflict with someone that you're mm -hmm. having a disagreement with, or maybe a um, misunderstanding, um, but then you're able to come in that place more grounded. Mm -hmm. um, now you mentioned also about the roles that we play in our life. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, you know, become attached to their roles. And so you mentioned that, you know, your roles, different roles may, may have started to fall away the different um, personas beyond the, the personality uh, or maybe the personality, those roles started to fall away. Um, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit more about that piece and what that was like for you, because I think there becomes this attachment, like, you know, with our, our roles, I'm, you know, mother, daughter, you know, therapist, you know, all these different things, and we prescribe to them, but beyond that, you know, how, how can you come to that place and allow those roles to not define you? That's a good question. Um, I would say, that the, one of the best things to do is to um, develop this awareness of different, awareness of yourself playing different parts, right? So you're, you're, you're working on consciously identifying with another aspect of yourself. Even for example, when you are uh, driving a car, you can take a moment and, and this is a practice I learned for a wonderful yogi teacher. Um, he would say, who is driving, you know, or we're watching TV show or cooking or any, really anything that we're doing, you know, and certainly playing roles, but who is doing this? Because if you take a moment and you, you can ask that question, you're automatically identifying with an aspect of yourself that's observing and who is doing this observing, right? And so the more that you can identify with the observer, and it's not to say that we bypass anything that comes up, right? Like if we're playing, if we're um, in one of these roles as mother or something and we feel triggered, we work with that, right? It's not to say we bypass and we don't feel the feeling or whatever, but it becomes this way in which um, you can begin to observe what's happening from a different lens. And through that observation, I think the identification really changes and we begin to shift. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've noticed in my life. The most is the more I, and you know how you were talking about um, meditation and how even in the midst of a conflict, it begins to have this kind of carryover effect. And I would say one of the gifts of meditation is that we learn to uh, identify less with this kind of mind chatter that's constantly happening, right? Mm. And we can, 
we can become aware of, oh, I'm starting to act in this way. I'm starting to behave this way. I'm starting to do this thing. And it's not that we're perfect, but that we can begin to shift our patterns when we become more aware of them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for, for sharing that. And so I know, um, you know, part of um, what you have mentioned on your website, you know, is just your role and what you've developed um, over the years as, as an intuitive. Mm. I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about how you use your role as an intuitive to support your own journey, as well as maybe the people that you, you work with um, through this process. Yeah, that's a great question. What I would say about, and I didn't really know exactly what to call myself, you know, it's sort of like, um, as we're talking about how our, our roles shift, I sort of, I came from a background in uh, fine arts and I have a MFA in poetry and I was an English teacher for a long time. And I, and it really was, you know, I can say like in quotes by accident that I started doing this as a job. I don't, I, I put that in quotes as well. Cause I don't really feel like it's a job. It's just mm-hmm. more than that. But, um, I can see now that it was all spirit and it was all, I was being prepared for it in the various things I was doing, but it's hard to see it at the time, you know? Um, And so basically I have been pretty tuned into the spirit world my entire life. And I'm, when I'm talking to somebody in the context of a reading or a healing session, I will get information about their soul, right? So I'll be getting information about their soul path, their journey, maybe some uh, information from their records of things they brought into this life to consciously work on, uh, different things. I never really know, right? Um, but I'd say that my uh, role, I, I really view it as uh, an honor to sit with someone. And I view it as that my role would be to assist them in, in realigning with who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And so I notice also that some people in our, the work um, in like this path, right? have a have a, a a desire to work with people in different ways but my main goal is really to help people align with who they are so they can use their own intuition so they can tune into themselves so they can do all of the things that we would do in a session for themselves and you know send people on their way because i feel like we're we're all awakening together. We're at a very exciting Mm -hmm. time on earth. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is choosing to awaken. And, you know, I honor that as well, but a lot of people are really kind of here now at this very interesting, but also kind of exciting time on earth. And I think that it's, we're all helping each other. And so it's just, if I can assist somebody in that process, uh, that's, that's what I would Uh, aim to do. And for myself, um, I don't really know how to even make decisions anymore without using my intuition. It's become more automatic for me because I find, I mean, and I've, I guess I I would say this, that I've certainly, one of the useful things when you're learning to tune into your intuition more clearly is to pay attention to what happened when you didn't. Right. And I don't mean that in like a harsh way, but I think we've all had experiences where we have been given some sort of feeling, gut feeling, or maybe a vision. I mean, there's lots of different ways that information can come in, but that we've been given some information. And for whatever reason, we have, you know, we override it and we don't listen. Mm-hmm. And to just to pay attention to how that goes. Right. Um, and I know every time I say that to students, uh, you know, cause I teach like monthly workshops now. Uh, every time I say that to people, they're like, everybody just always is shaking their head. Like, oh yeah, that, you know, that time I didn't listen. So 
I've just learned to, when I make a decision now, um, make it from a place of um, coming into it from an awareness of my heart space, right? And it's not to say that we don't use logic and reason anymore. We do. They're, they serve a very important role or we wouldn't be able to um, be on earth. Um, but I don't, um, I, I, I make decisions from that place, right? And so, you know, when I'm choosing to do something and I've made a couple like recently, you know, going into this new role about a year and some change ago, um, there's it, been kind of big decisions and I just come into it like, oh, interesting. I'm being shown to do this. I'm feeling into it and I know it's right. And it seems to always work out is when you start aligning with, uh, your spirit, when you make decisions, it seems to work out in this way that's kind of magical. And so that's, that's kind of how I roll these days, I guess you could say. <laughs> I love that's, that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really, really beautiful. And, um, you know, I loved how you um, mentioned too, that um, tapping into your intuition, like everything else is a practice. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's like you said, like first you, you get that gut feeling and mm -hmm. if you listen to that gut feeling, well, then that gut feeling becomes more frequent and mm -hmm. more frequent and mm -hmm. more frequent, you know, and uh, eventually you'll, you'll tap into your intuition. Um, and you also did mention too, yes, we still, we still, you know, we're, we're still human, you know, we still uh, mm -hmm. need, you know, monetary means and other things to survive in this world. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so you do have to, you know, it's, it, 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 it's nice to marry the intuition with, uh, I don't want to say common sense, but like, you know, you know, gut thinking to brain thinking, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we also know that, you know, and like, like you mentioned before, you know, we all have that monkey mind that just won't stop chattering about, mm -hmm. you know, this, that, or the other thing. Um, and a lot of it, um, for me, especially is, you know, it, it's a lot of fear-based stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, and, and it's a lot, you know, a lot of stuff that, that we were, you know, brought up with that we got taught from our parents, which got mm -hmm. taught from their parents and their parents and so on and so mm -hmm. on. And it's mm -hmm. all just ingrained in the mind. And uh, it kind of creates a block to, to listen to our intuition, right? Cause we have the quote unquote rational brain who's telling us one thing, but the intuition is telling us something different. So, can you kind of um, just talk a little bit how we can work through those fears and subconscious beliefs uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, have been ingrained in us to assist us in the process of, you know, transcending through our own shadows of going through our shadow work and tapping even more into our intuition? Yeah, I could talk, I could talk about this for a week, but I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll talk, I'll say some, uh, a few things about it. So we are, you know, we bring in things I've noticed, you know, with working with a lot of people at this point, but we bring in things um, primarily from just childhood imprinting and programs. They can be, a lot of times they run through generational lines too. Mm -hmm. So we'll have messages about uh, money or relationships or, you know, and modeling in our own life, in our childhood. I, I do, and it, you know, it, it, it's okay if people don't subscribe to this belief, but I also do notice we believe, uh, we bring in things from past lives um, quite a bit, actually, that we're still working out and working on. Um, so that's, I just observe that a lot in my uh, sessions with people and in my own life. So I'd say the it's, Transcending programs or, um, you know, some people call them shadows, things like that. I think there are several ways to go about it. For a few years, I focused a lot on my shadow, right? And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think there are times in our spiritual journey where that's maybe useful, right? But I got to a point, uh, you know, a few years ago when I was almost like 
tired of doing that, right? And so what I've, I just decided to approach it a different way. I decided to approach it from a point where I recognize myself. I don't always remember it in every morning, every moment, I would say, but I recognize myself as source, as spirit, as a universe, as, and some people will say God, right? And, and I'm already that. And so when I have these um, things come up in my life and you'll notice what comes up because, you know, maybe you're in a conversation with somebody and you become triggered, right? And that's usually a good sign that there is something to work with in yourself, some energy that has not been resolved or released or another way to say that would be integrated, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have, you know, I notice now I work less with a, a, a trying to find my shadow so much as just what is coming up in my life, right? If, for example, if I, you know, notice that I'm having a lot of fear about money come up or, you know, that's just an example that, you know, we, a lot of us share, right? We've been programmed to believe, for example, that there's not enough to go around or that we need to be afraid of not having enough constantly. So when I notice that come up, and that's one I've worked with in the last couple of years. And so it's really shifted actually by working with it is I'll observe, is that, is that, is that authentically who I am? Is that belief authentically who I am? And if it's not, then I will, you know, it's like, this is the point at which you can choose to kind of go investigate and go a little deeper, right? Because you want to be investigating your own patterns. In order to shift, it's important to have an awareness that we, we bring patterns, we're bringing programs, and we're bringing things. And these things are not necessarily serving us, right? Okay. And so it's to notice when a fear or a trigger comes up or whatever it is, and to consciously work with that. I'm not saying necessarily to work with it in the moment, because I think sometimes when we're really triggered, it's, it's just about like um, deactivating our nervous system and, and finding um, a, you know, finding ourselves again. But once we do that, it's, I think it's useful then to come back and be like, interesting, what do I really believe about this? And what do I prefer to believe? What's the truth? What's the truth about me being a divine creator? And, and then I, um, and then I work with it. So that's how I approach, um, you know, subconscious beliefs or limiting beliefs now, as opposed to a few years ago. And I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to do it. Um, but that's kind of my take on it these days. So I really like that too, because you know, I, in my experience, I've, you know, noticed that it is really about, you know, it's more about a cycle that happens that maybe there might be a trigger that comes up. Um, and that allows me to maybe work through that, you know, that event or that um, those emotions, the depth, you know, go into the depths of that and do the, the healing work around that. But then you, you come out of that and then, you know, it's okay, like to, you know, then, being, you know, that good vibration and, um, but it, you know, it, it's about working with the ebbs and flows of life. We don't mm -hmm. have to necessarily go looking for the shadows right. unless they're, they're there and they're coming up. And that has helped, you know, just me heal, do my own healing work. And I've noticed mm -hmm. that, you know, for, for others that I work with as well. So I think that's, um, such a beautiful process. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about maybe um, what kinds of processes you do do when you go um, into those parts of you or like the helping your, your clients uh, do that healing work within. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends for me. I, for me, I noticed that um, to 
heal something, it's useful to clear the energy that is stored around a particular subject. So, um, and it, you can, even if you're unable to get to the, the, the origin of where the energy kind of formed as an imprint in your field, um, even if you aren't unable to do that, you can still investigate like where did this pattern come from in my own life, right? And I find that that can be really useful and helpful. Um, the other thing I would say is when I'm wanting to like transform something in my own life, I really observe my relationships as a way to assist me in transforming what's coming up for me. So less and less these days, I look at a relationship and think, I mean, I still do it. I'm, you know, a human, I'm not, right? I'm not trying to, I'm not going to, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I, I, I work with, for example, if a person is, I feel triggered in a conversation, right? I think as humans, we have a tendency to sometimes like want to point the finger. And I know I certainly have done this and be like, that person did that to me, right? Now, from one perspective or one vantage point, that's true, right? That person might've done something to me, right? But what I have observed is often when we are triggered, what it really is, is something has happened in our past. And instead of um, processing it and releasing it, what we're kind of uh, often taught to do even is to suppress it, push it down, push it down, not deal with it, not, not do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be in a conversation, we'll get triggered. And it's like, it's not necessarily about that event. It's this old thing coming up. Mm -hmm. And so it's to work with these triggers more, more consciously. Right. And I notice now, uh, and it's not about changing the other person, which has really been transformative in my life. Um, certainly we have a right to set boundaries and we have a right to not tolerate bad behavior or abusive behavior in our life. Mm -hmm. Like that is um, 100% what I believe. But I also believe that it's not necessarily my job to try to change somebody else. And it is, I notice now, sometimes if I'm in conversation with somebody, you know, that person might do the same thing, quote unquote, and I won't feel the pull or the hook or the trigger. And that has become the sign for me or like the, um, yeah, the sign, I guess you would say, for how I've healed and shifted, mm -hmm. right? Because I've healed the energy. I'm just like, now it's like, oh, there's that person doing that thing again, you know, and, and then, you know, something else might happen and I'll feel triggered and I work with that. And then that begins to really, interestingly, after a while, what happens is as you heal yourself, different people, different uh, people who are vibrational matches to you kind of show up in your life. So it's a lot of shift begins to happen, right? I've, I've noticed that too in my own life and, you know, in the work that I do that when you do do that inner work, you know, it's the people that used to trigger you. Yes. No longer trigger you like they did, mm -hmm. but then you stop attracting those people into your life. So mm -hmm. they start to fall away and new people that mm -hmm. are um, your energetic, energetic match, vibrational match start to show up and, mm -hmm have more conscious communication, more conscious relationships. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned going into that, maybe that trigger. Um, is there a certain process you do um, to help kind of move that energy through uh, mm -hmm. to help, to help yeah. heal? Well, I've done lots of different things at this point, but I'll tell you like my kind of go-tos now. Um, one, I don't, find it useful to try to do anything inner work when you're triggered. First off, like 
if you're really triggered, really activated, really, you know, very strong, right? We've all been triggered, I, I would imagine. Who's, you know, all human, um, all human, right? <laughs> I think that I found personally that it's a, just to care for myself and to really just take care of myself and honor what's coming up, let it move you know, get to a place where I can have a little distance. That's, I, I'd say, step one, right? Um, and then there are lots of things you can do. There's lots of modalities. Um, the things that I found most useful is when I have some energy that I would like to move, right? I do something more active to actually move it, right? For example, um, I think like breath work practices are mm -hmm. very useful, right? Mm -hmm. Just remember, like actually tuning into this breath because breath, again, we're, it's, I think it's helpful to think of emotions as neither good or bad anymore. Like if we can just take that off the table, if it's like mm -hmm. shame is coming up or anger or sadness, all of these emotions can serve us if we mm -hmm. let them, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we, one of the things that I found very, very helpful is when I stop thinking of, you know, fear or sadness or anger or any of these things as bad, like I shouldn't feel them. Well, I am mm -hmm. feeling them. So mm -hmm. let's start with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also, uh, particular energies like anger, for example, I've noticed when you alchemize, it can be really effective to use for creativity, creative energy. Right. So it's just about learning how to um, alchemize. And what I mean is that you're transforming emotions into a state that you can work with. Right. Or even just release. It, you know, it doesn't have to be too fancy or complicated at all. Um, breath work. I remember when I was really learning how to do this a few years ago, I worked, um, you know, uh, EFT tapping. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that for a while. Now, uh, anymore, let's see, what do I do now? Um, I go outside a lot now. Mm -hmm. I do that. I use Element. I use, uh, like, I work with the sun. I ground myself. I mm -hmm. ask spirit to assist me in releasing whatever's coming up. Mm -hmm. um, I found for some clients, like, moving dancing, um, drawing for, more, for artistic people, whatever it is, but you want to shift it, right? We're moving away from this way of being in the world that we feel something and we numb out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I, sometimes I still am guilty of doing that, right? Like it's not, it's not all or nothing. It's not mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. But right now I have made a choice to consciously work what's with, with, and what what's coming up for me, you know? You Thank made you. some, uh, yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot, a lot, a lot of sense. You made some really, um, really, really good points. Um, and I know, you know, for me and, you know, a past life, this life, but a past me, I guess you could say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, when, when I would have an argument with somebody, I always thought it needs to be, uh, this argument needs to be rectified. It needs to be rectified now. Mm. You know, we, we can't, you know, the whole kind of adage, like, don't go to bed angry, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So, um, but I also found that, you know, sometimes it all depended, like you said, it all depended uh, on, you know, how you, how you move the energy. Uh, during or after that argument, you know, how your mindset was. So sometimes it was, you know, able to work things out right then and there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just escalated, you know, into, you know, more anger. And then eventually, you know, you had to part ways for a little bit, right? Yeah. And um, I think, um, you know, with with the society uh, that we live in now, you know, it's, it's all, it's all about a quick fix. You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, we want what we want and we want it now. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, for, for me, and like you said, nobody's perfect. I am still this way to where, you know, I do want that instant gratification, whether it be an mm -hmm. instant gratification of, you know, uh, settling an argument or instant gratification of receiving, you know, love from somebody or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when we, 
stop and we kind of, you know, I don't know if disconnect's a really good word, but that's the word I'm choosing to use right now. But if we if we disconnect ourselves from from that situation, mm-hmm. you know, and we are able, like you said, to to care for ourselves, you know, to to sit alone for a little while, or you know, to to draw or to paint or to dance or you know, to to watch one of your favorite movies or just whatever you can do that helps you move the energy and kind of ground and center yourself Mm -hmm. that argument is still going to be there you know that that you know wanting someone to love you or something that all that's still going to be there Mm -hmm. you know um and it's just it's it's how you you know how you approach those situations in a calm rounded state versus and the outcome might it still might not be what you want you know I know I've 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 done you know quite a few things like that 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 the outcome still ended up not being what I wanted at the time but you know you look back at it maybe a little bit a little longer down the road and like oh that's why that didn't happen mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. you know so I think yeah you it, it it's extremely important to practice self-care you know, it's extremely important to stop and smell the roses to, uh, um, like you said, to get in the nature to let the just to let that sun hit you, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to kind of ground yourself and to ask, you know, your higher self, your spiritual team for help, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, I mean, they're there, they're, they're just, they're just waiting for you to ask, you know. Um, but I also know, too, that it's really, really, for me too, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult when I get into, you know, an argument or, you know, I, I get, you know, guilt stricken with something or something like that. It's, it's, it's a lot easier for me to forgive the person or the situation than it is to forgive myself. Yeah. You know, so can you kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, what it means to have that courage to heal and to forgive yourself? I think Yes, I can. I think that this is the hardest thing, as you're saying. I really do. For me, I mean, maybe it's not hard for everybody, but for me, it certainly has been. And also the most important thing, right? Um, One thing I notice is what one thing I've noticed is that from another perspective, right, from another vantage point, our higher self doesn't judge us in the same way we judge ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And when I really um, found that out, right? When I was, I really like, oh, interesting. You're not sitting here judging me, right? I, it began to help me shift this because it's like, well, if, you know, we can make mistakes because we're hu- we're in human bodies, right? And we are still learning or we wouldn't be in human bodies. We'd be graduated to a different plane, right? Right. But, you know, we can be in human bodies still and make mistakes and have, I think it takes courage to really start to forgive yourself for, for what you, the ways you fell short in your life, right? One thing I also notice is that when we're in self-judgment, we are out of alignment with, with what wants to happen with, with spirit, because it keeps us, keeps us out where, you know, where our negative self-talk can keep us out of truly tuning into what wants to happen in the moment and what we're lining up to receive, right? And so it's just about, it's not to say don't ever have negative self-talk. I certainly still do, you know, sometimes, right? But it's just to become, again, as we were talking about earlier, um, you know, starting to be, have a witness of when this self-talk is coming up and when it's not, it, when it is somewhat not useful for our life, it's not helpful. Right. And then um, I also think it can take some work to learn to love and forgive yourself. We're again, we're talking about, you know, these programs 
that we've, a lot of us have grown up with. It's almost like we're, we're programmed. I think this is starting to change, but we're programmed not to love ourselves. We're given images of, you know, you have to look a certain way. You have to, you know, be a certain, wear certain kinds of clothes and drive certain kinds of cars. And if you're not that, then maybe you're not worthy. Right. And it's taken me work. Um, but in a, it's been beautiful work to come back to the fact, again, if you can just come back to the fact, start with the point that I am source, I am spirit, I'm God, you know, and, and, you know, it's even taken me time to be able to say those words without being like, oh, that's, that's being too egoic or trigger or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but now I'm like, you know what, start there. And if I find myself judging or thinking, oh, I fell short in this area, it's like, oh, interesting. It's not to say that I can't observe what some, some patterns that need to shift in my life. Yeah, certainly I have plenty, <laughs> plenty of things that I'm still working on, right? But you can come at it from a place of, I love myself, you know, as I'm working through this um, pattern or, or healing something, you know, coming from at it, coming at it from a different place. Um, and, you know, it does take a little work at the beginning. I don't think it's, hasn't been for me that easy, but. You know. I really, really like that, what you said. And yeah, and I think when, when you come from a, at that place, you're also coming at it from a place of recognizing your humanness um, with mm -hmm. self-compassion and self-love. And I, you know, I always like the question, you know, what would you say to a friend right now if they were experiencing this, you know, because we're, we're always kinder to others than we are ourselves. And when we can start to shift that energy, it really does begin to open up that self-love and that deeper connection with yourself. Mm -hmm. And what you said about, you know, seeing yourself as spirit, seeing yourself as God, you know, I think there, it becomes, it's a, it's a different energy than that ego. The ego is, you know, makes it more of this like hierarchy thing mm -hmm. where when you are truly in your own, in your center, in spirit, you are coming from a place of love mm -hmm. and that is, you know, coming out rather than, you know, I'm, I'm God, I am, you know, but more like, right. you know, I am of God and I am the creator. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, this vast energy, this vast love, this vast, you know, openness um, that is a much different energy than, than that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're not coming at it from a place like, oh, I am so important, like things like it's more like you are, rem it's remembering, right? It's like we all come here and then we get amnesia. And then, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully at some point we wake up, right? But we're remembering who we really are. Mm -hmm. And I, and I see that, I see that in my work. I think that's what people, a lot of people on earth are doing right now, mm -hmm. you know? And really that, you know, empowers us to be in our true authentic self and to truly wake up to yeah like you said who we really are and what we're really here to do absolutely magical it is magical <laughs> yeah and so on your website um you wrote about five simple techniques to read energy um and so i'm really curious if we can talk a little bit about that and if you could maybe take us through some of those techniques yeah sure um to learn well one thing okay so i'd say this is really important one just knowing that everything is energy that's the the kind of first step um, it, and that we are constantly interfacing with different energy and different energy systems. And we're, you know, also vibrating at a certain frequency, right? Whether we're aware of it or not, some people are not quite aware and some people are becoming more aware. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to like, um, uh, belabor this point, but 
meditation in the morning or, you know, sometime during your day, but it's about you ideally tuning into your frequency as a spiritual being, right? And so I found for me that the more I do that, the more I am able to stay in that place. Um, a woman, I read a book, uh, it's called uh, Frequency actually, by a woman named P Penny Pierce and she calls it the home frequency. And I liked that so much. So I say that sometimes, but I want to give her credit, you know, but what she's talking about is this, we all have our unique spiritual energetic frequency. It's like, we're all have a unique song, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we learn to, to kind of align with that, and again, it's about aligning, it's like always there. It's in each person on the earth, um, we can learn to observe when we interface with other energies, what is uh, not ours, for example, what is um, somebody else's in the room. It becomes a lot, um, we become a lot stronger in our energetic field. So I would say that's one thing. Um, the other thing I would say is that it's important to um, I know you, uh, uh, so you identified as an, no, uh, I'm sorry, um, as an empath. Um, one thing I noticed is I have been an empath since I was young, mm -hmm. but what happens with that is um, sometimes if we don't learn how to manage it, we're constant, for me, at least I was constantly running other people's energy through my field and not having much of an awareness of what was mine and what was somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And that actually is a, was a, for me a big problem. Like it wasn't awesome <laughs> at all. Like I was kind of constantly sick, um, feeling drained, feeling, um, you know, overwhelmed a lot, flooded. Those are different things. And so by strengthening my energetic field by meditation, I also do a practice where I kind of like imagine that my auric field is uh, strengthened and energized, right? I now can go into the world and be with somebody else and take a moment and is this mine, right? And it becomes less of me needing to be the sponge, right? Which was definitely a pattern I had for a long time. Um, so using our feelings, um, we can, our feelings are like, uh, sort of like a GPS, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways we can learn to read energy is notice how you are feeling in the presence of others. Right. So um, sometimes we can feel this as a sensation in our physical body. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that this is bad or good. I'm not trying to come at this from a place of judgment. But for example, if we are around someone and you might feel like uh, a feeling, uh, like almost like an anxiety feeling in your stomach, that might be a good sign that you are not really in vibrational alignment or a match with this person. And it's not coming out of a place so that person's bad and I'm good. It's not, it's, it's not from that point. It's just might be, you know, a good sign that that's not someone you're meant to really work with, or there could be, you know, a little bit of like a warning, for example. And conversely, if you're with someone and you have attuned yourself and you're in somebody's presence and you meet them and you begin to feel like expansion or opening or excitement or some of these other feelings, it could be a good sign that you are in, in alignment with someone and meant to work with them, right? And by work with, I mean, um, somehow be in relationship with them, right? And so it's just to begin, and when we say reading energy, it's just to begin to pay attention to these cues that we're constantly given and that 
a lot of times we're taught to override, okay? Like for example, we could be given information about someone and have that kind of feeling in our stomach, but in our mind think, oh, but I'm just making that up, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm not really, uh, you know, this person looks great on paper. So I, I must be just like imagining something, mm -hmm. right? And so what this process is, 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 is coming back to what we know to be true for ourselves and trusting that. So I would say like the most important thing is learning to trust yourself. When you get something, it, you don't have to know why necessarily. You don't have to know why. It could be just, I don't know why exactly, but this doesn't feel like a good match for me. Not necessarily even a person, it could be, you're asked to do something. And it's about taking a moment to tune into, should I go to this party? I mean, I guess people aren't going to parties right now, but um, <laughs> not so much, but you know, should I go to this event or whatever? And, you know, tuning into that energy of like, oh, I wonder how that feels in my body. Cause our body and our emotions are the real key to begin understanding. Um, also, uh, just practicing, right? I think that this is, it's like anything else. If we go to, uh, you know, a, a place, a gym and we lift weights, we can't expect to develop muscles overnight, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of consistent effort over time. This is the same way, right? When you're learning to read energy, it's just about developing a new set of muscles. They're always, they're there. You just have to learn to strengthen them. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say um, one, just really a quick kind of like trick um, that's been helpful as a person who uh, used to run everybody's energy through my body all the time, which I, I actually don't really do that anymore. Uh, I've kind of worked on that, but um, to, to ask yourself, and by that, I mean, your awareness, your consciousness, if you're feeling something, if, for example, if you've just been in an interaction with somebody and you were feeling great, you know, before that, and then, and then that person leaves and you, you have feelings and you're not sure if they're yours. Uh, one useful thing I've just found to do is just ask, is this mine? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll get an answer. If you mm -hmm. practice asking questions, you will actually get answers. I think most people just don't ask that many questions, mm -hmm. right? And so once you get an answer, yes or no, can be super simple. Um, if it's not yours, if it's not, and it's just kind of running or stuck in your field in some way, it's a good idea to do something, you know, the previous practices we talked about releasing because it, I have found that it's not super helpful to run everybody's energy in my field because I have less awareness of how I intuitively feel about something. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I just love everything. Yeah. I'm very aligned with everything that you just said. And I have also noticed in, you know, the work I do and even in my own journey, um, you know, as I've developed my own and recognized my own empathic nature, how much energy I was picking up over the years and how much we are, a lot of people are very disconnected from their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so, especially as an empath, you tend to, and, and when you're first coming into that awareness of being an empath, I think, you know, you're, you might be overwhelmed and realize, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with all these emotions, you know, and what is mine and what is everyone else's that I've picked up of years of, you know, trauma and um, just interactions we have, and then, you know, going through that process. So coming into that awareness of our mind and body and how, how connected they truly are. And really, I like the analogy of, working through an onion. It's like the layers mm -hmm. of the onion, you know, so you're working through everything that's coming up for you or that's present. So you can finally like get to that place of, you know, 
deciphering what is theirs and what is mine. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it takes some of that work to move through those layers to recognize that there's all that, you know, energy that you've picked up over the years to, to do that healing work, to Mm -hmm. finally get to that place of, okay, this is, you know, this, you know, then you can start to decipher, I think a little easier once you through some of those layers. Totally. And I would even think of one way that I found helpful, the layer, the layers is to think of the layers as um, sometimes they're patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you grew up in a household where somebody, and I'm not coming from a place of trying to judge this, but somebody's like depressed, like one of your parents is depressed and you constantly have this kind of need as a child to make them feel better right? You might unconsciously be taking somebody's sadness and depression and running it through your body from a young age. And what happens is we might do that when we're five or six, and then we're still doing that when we're 35 in a romantic relationship, right? And so for me, it's like, interesting, I do this thing. I, you know, my thing was maybe I, um, one of my things that I used to do and, you know, trying to not do so much anymore is somebody will come in and they feel a certain way, maybe sad or angry and all reach in and take some of that. So they leave the interaction feeling better. And I leave the interaction feeling worse. Right. Mm. And it's not to, and it's just like, okay, maybe one of my layers is why did I start doing that? Why did I start doing that? Where did that come from? What, you know, um, imprinting as a child, why did I start doing that to begin with? Mm -hmm. And then working with that pattern, right? And so I think that for me has been really helpful with the layers analogy. Definitely, it's totally layers and noticing, you know, it's, you know, people say energy vampires and this and that, and there certainly are energy vampires out there but it's also to notice like what part of me is giving away something giving away my energy and to work with that you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah so absolutely absolutely yeah and just learning to stay present to what is what is yours and and um I also like that practice of just holding a energetic boundary so that you are keeping your your energy in your own bubble and allowing Mm -hmm. everyone else around you to hold space on their energy and wherever their energy needs to go but it's not reflecting or not um coming into to my bubble Mm -hmm. yeah Um, exactly yeah so thank you for sharing that so tell us um our listeners how they can find you and and what you're currently working on you can find me on courtneydillon.com so i have my uh, website and uh what i'm currently working on well right now so i teach i started teaching monthly workshops as a response to working with one-on-one clients and just finding um the necessity to really delve into certain topics right so um in let's see i'm teaching um i have like energetic boundaries um in so this is coming this is coming out april okay so um april i'm going to be teaching an emotional alchemy class just to help work and learn to process emotions and and work with them right and that will be on April 17th, which is a Saturday. So I teach, but I teach um, uh, monthly classes also. And I'm actually right now working on a six week intuition class um, that I'm going to offer hopefully um, late March is my goal for kickoff with that. So just to help people really tune into their own intuitive guidance and a lot of what we talked about today, actually, um, but delving deeper into that. So Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And we can add all those links to the show notes so people can find them easily and find your website. Perfect. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. And thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your experience. 
And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you like this show, share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other and love the world. We love you guys. Love you guys. Take care. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.